Join with me in prayer, please. Father, I pray that the things that I say would bring honor and glory only to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're all here today by invitation. We're here to witness the exchange of wedding vows of Hannah and Michael. They wanted, they wanted, they want a Christian marriage. 34 years ago tomorrow, we were in Mike and Julie Bloom's van and we all rode up to Sharon Center Methodist Church to witness the exchange of vows with Peter and Myrna. And without that, we wouldn't be here today. (laughs) It's a great honor to be asked to participate in this service today. Proverbs 18.22, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. In almost every Christian wedding, three portions of Scripture will be mentioned. One is Genesis 2. Genesis 2.18, Then the Lord God said, it is, good for the man, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable. Hannah, I pronounce you helper suitable for Michael Ford. Genesis 2.21, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and then he took one of his ribs and closed the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned unto the, a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. In Genesis 2.24, For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. When I got married in 1962, I noticed that Scripture was on my wedding license. I don't see it on there. So, Hannah, you're the designated helper suitable. Hannah, you're the God-fashioned one, and you will soon be joined together. Matthew Henry, in his commentary on Genesis, makes this comment about God taking the woman from the side of the man. He said He didn't take it from His head, so she could rule over him, and he didn't take it from his feet so that he would trample on her, but he took it from the rib that she might be equal to him. He took it from under his arm that he might protect her, and he took it from here, his side, near to the heart. Affection protection, and equality. That's quite a sentence, isn't it? 
That was published in 1708. Tim Conway, Tim Kaysen, gave me a full set of Joseph or uh, Matthew Henry's commentaries. I'm sorry he isn't here, as far as I can see. The second portion of Scripture that's always mentioned is Ephesians 5. Let me just read one sentence about the wife. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, Paul wrote that under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he also wrote this in Colossians 3.18. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Do you see that qualifier? As is fitting to the Lord. Now, if you go on and read that Ephesians portion, twice he says, wives, be subject to your husbands. And once he says, wives, respect your husbands. He won't always be that young, Hannah. He won't always be that handsome. (laughs) But you be subject to him as is fitting in the Lord. Now, Michael, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And in this portion, he mentions that three times, doesn't he? Husbands love, husbands love, husbands love. And he's still on that in Colossians. Husbands, love your wives. And then he puts in this, and be not embittered against them. Now, why does he say that? Well, be subject because a lot of wives want to take over. Why does he say husbands love? Because that's going to be your tendency. Not to show her love. Don Francisco in the late 70s wrote a song called the Steeple Song. And those of that generation know a little bit about it. He's talking about somebody boasting about how steep his steeple is. And about the idea of they've got paved on paving on their parking lot and they got cushions padding on their pews. And what's Don Francisco say? Do you love your wife? Do you love your wife? Or for her and for your children, are you laying down your life? Do you love your wife? He also has a couple of other jabs in there. Do you make the poor man beg you for a bone? Do the orphans and the children cry alone? Do you love your wife? I was teaching a chemistry class, high school chemistry class, about 15 years ago. This girl raised her hand, and I acknowledged her, and she said, Mr. Bashirs, do you love your wife? Not a person in that classroom of 25 snickered or giggled. And I said, yes, Brittany, I love my wife. And I don't love her in the same way that I did 
40 years ago when we first got married. But I would do it again in an instant. And then we went back to chemistry. (laughs) Another portion of Scripture that's always mentioned is 1 Corinthians 13. Now, it takes a lot of courage to try to preach on that section, isn't it? It's called the chapter on love. Charles tried it here a couple of years ago. (laughs) Let me give you one verse here, and hang on. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, though I give my body to be burned, if I have not love, what about it? It profits me nothing. It profits me nothing. Uh, uh, What is more extreme than giving all my goods to feed the poor? What is more extreme than in giving my body to be burned? You know, we read in church history, people were burned at the stake. And he said, it doesn't do me any good unless, unless I do it in love. And I'll leave you to ponder on that one, okay? I hate to admit this, but in the 50s, there was a song called, What is Love? What was the answer? Five feet of heaven in a ponytail. Hollywood produced a movie, maybe in the 60s, that said love is never having to say, what? You're sorry. Love is never having to say you're sorry. Don't get that from me, okay, you two? Practice up on this. Practice up on this. I was wrong. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Where do we look for love? Well, there's a verse that you so often it just becomes passe to us. For God so loved the world. He what? He gave. He gave what? Only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Yeah. Yes, now again, don't miss what I'm trying to say. We're trying to define love. God loved, God gave. God loved, God gave. Love involves giving. One of... The other verses I want to mention is 1 Peter 3.7. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker since she is a woman. Now, beloved, I didn't say that. I'm just reading that verse of Scripture, huh? You say she's not weaker. That's not what the Bible says. There are ways she is weaker. And you're to live with her in an understanding way as with someone weaker and show her honor. This is not a weightlifting contest. Show her honor as what? As a fellow heir of the grace of life. And then get this, so that your prayers be what? Not hindered. Not hindered. The way you live with your wife can affect your prayer life.
Here's a good one. Be kind to one another. Be what? Tenderhearted too. Forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's why I used to break up, uh, shall we say, quarrels or disagreements among my daughters. I would come in there singing that hymn. Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted too. Forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. The way to break up a fight. A few years ago, one of my daughter's best friends was getting married. I didn't know him, but he reminded me of a bully. And I went over to him and I said, Ian... I want you to promise me you'll always be kind to Susan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-uh. He wasn't. Hebrews 13.4. Now, don't snicker, okay? Marriage is to be held in honor among all. Supreme Court justice, governors, Marriage is to be held in honor. We have seen in the last year an incredible deterioration. Billy Graham was writing the book, World of Flame, and he gave his last chapter to his wife, and she read it, and Ruth Graham said to Billy Graham, if God doesn't judge America soon, he'll have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, here we go. That's not the the tough part. Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. 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 Who defiles it? Fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Is that what it says? Take my word for it. That's what it says. Marriage is to be held in honor by all. The marriage bed is to be undefiled. And those who defile it, fornicators and adulterers, what will happen to them? God will judge. You don't need to worry about it, okay? Oh, yeah, if you get a chance to do this or vote against that, fine. But really, vengeance is mine, I will pay. Thus saith the Lord. Now, the last thing I want to tell you about a physics book I had, which had this sentence in it, which I'll never forget. It said this, Newton's three laws of motion cannot be overemphasized. Newton's three laws of motion cannot be overemphasized. Well, what does that have to do? Michael, Hannah, the basics, the absolute basics of Christianity can never be overemphasized. I charge you both today, continue to study the Bible personally every day. I charge you to continue to private prayer for yourself, for your prayer life every day. Oh, I think of these kids that are here. Oh, that they would know that they are being prayed for every day by name. Can you do that? I I hope you will. I hope you will. And the third one there, 
it's not the, the Newton's third law of motion, but it, the third one is you've got to belong to a church. You've got to attend, and not only attend, participate in a church that preaches the Scripture where people will lay down their lives for each other. Those are the absolute basics of Christianity. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. And you never run out of things to talk to your husband about or your wife. What did you read in the Word today? Who's on your heart to pray for today? And what about Joe Blow's baby or whatever? There is much to be. What does the Scripture say? By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have for one another. The mark of the Christian is love for one another. The mark of the Christian is love for one another. Now, I want to close with this. I misquote this verse many, many times. Hebrews 10.24, Let us consider one another to provoke unto what? Love and good deeds. Let us consider one another, how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Hebrews 10.24. Good works. Hannah, you provoke Michael to love and good works. Michael, you provoke Hannah to love and good works. Honored guests, provoke one another. Even today, as we join in a fellowship meal, provoke unto love and good works. Here is my prayer for Michael and Hannah. May your lives, your home, your family, your marriage be filled with love, joy, peace. What do you know about love and joy and peace? Fruits of the Spirit. The first three fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. Let us go with that on our hearts and on our minds. And again, let me thank you, Michael and Hannah, for inviting me to say something.